In 2016, Earth detected a signal from an unknown region of space with no observable stars. The contents of this signal appeared to be a series of data packets and a decryption key. Once decrypted, the data contained a number of logged entries from two planets in a binary system. Using the translation matrix sent in the data packet, researchers have translated the entries into English. The following transmissions were declassified and given to us to present. Log entry, Haimavina 10, 2263, 63rd year in the Age of Ascendance. Hey, hey, Justo. I hope you received this message, and I truly hope you're doing okay. I feel awful that when you most needed a friend, I was not there. I hope you can forgive me. I will understand if you can't. I guess we are way past childhood messages shown by my teacher in class. EC basically required me to send that official statement to you in my last transmission. I did not have a choice. However, I did keep my promise, and I tried to convince my superiors to change their stance on communications with Vila. In fact, I made more noise than I should have. No, I wasn't fired. But when another opportunity presented itself, I took it without a second thought. I figured it was my next wave. I now work as a science and technology correspondent with the Yothian Communications Network, or JCN. I still work with EC, but now I report on what they're doing instead of presenting what they want me to say. As far as I can tell, my messages are no longer broadcast publicly. I'm writing to you from a commercial transmitter and terminal that I purchased. I still have to use EC antennas, and I'm sure someone at EC could gain access if they really made an effort. But EC is pretty busy right now, and I doubt that I'm that high of a priority. Even if they do access these transmissions, I don't work for them anymore, and there's very little they can do to stop me. Well, things on Haimavina have changed a lot in the last few years. Braddett Station and the Global Network are just the bottom of the valley. Most importantly, I wasn't allowed to tell you how far along EC really is with their space program. Senior officials within EC wanted to surprise Vila, but your launch platform tragedy messed up their plans, and it was decided that bragging in the face of your loss was not the right thing to do. Everyone at the time felt it was frost in your eyes, so EC made the decision to offer whatever assistance they could. I almost said we. Huh, force of habit. Anyway, EC at the time of your tragedy had already successfully launched satellites. EC Aeronautical Labs are currently designing manned spacecraft intended to land on and return from Braddett Station. My sources inside EC tell me there haven't been any successful versions yet, but there have been serious injuries among test pilots. Nothing deliberate, as far as I can tell, but mistakes have been made due to the accelerated process. Everything else, they're keeping quiet. EC officers and staff are now subject to intense scrutiny and security checks, and that has limited my knowledge of the advanced projects. However, there are rumblings of a new department within EC that is focused on global defense. I think it's a reaction to the radical sec on Vela that targeted your program and what we may encounter as we expand into other parts of the system. Honestly, I can't say I really disagree. I guess we were all naive to think that all cultures or their governments out there are benign and peaceful. Our societies at their core are very similar. Velans and Mana desire all the same things, success, happiness, family, friendship. I think that's why the council's response to the attack shook us so strongly that a society we view as similar to ours would treat one of their own so harshly. Many here feared if the council would do that to one of their own, what would they do to us? 
The one bit of good news that's come out of all of this is that the various parties in the Samkoma have not only come to an agreement, but for the first time in Yothian history, they are working together. There are still fringe parties making counterpoints, but it appears they just want to get airtime on JCN so they can score imaginary political points. I don't know if you will ever get this, or if it'll ever reach you, but I wanted to let you know that I'm still out here, and I'm listening. May the waves guide and protect you, Gisto. Iria. Log entry, Vela 10. Vela Rotat, 2585. Cycle 14 of the third annual. Iria. I am adrift at the arrival of your message. I have suffered such a range of emotions that I'm not even sure what to feel anymore. I used to be angry. Angry that after all we had been through, that in my deepest quarter tide of need, you left me. I had just been betrayed by the closest person to me, and it felt like my next closest friend just swam away. Then a voice in my head told me not to give up, to keep pushing through the pain and rise above the water seeking to drag me under, to keep looking at that small dot in the sky. It was your voice. You didn't leave me. I reread the transmission you sent and the official statement over and over. It wasn't you. Those weren't your words. They couldn't be. My friend wouldn't treat me with such disregard. She wouldn't hurt me this way. She couldn't. Isn't it was a catalyst, but only to light the fuse on a hurt that was already waiting to happen. The pain caused by her actions was felt across our entire system. Our council is still in shambles, much of it a reaction to Haimavina's statement. New debates about whether an alien culture should interfere with ours. Long gone are the days when we could just send friendly messages to and fro. Your Samkoma decided to pass judgment on an event without truly understanding the ramifications of those judgments. The explosion decimated Trainoir. The fires burned for three annuals and claimed the homes of thousands of Velens. The economic impact of losing the facility and the homes around it is shallow to the comparison of the environmental impact that that explosion caused to the southern coast of Senoth. The city may never be rebuilt. I don't believe that the land there will ever be able to support life again. When I say that Iznid left a scar on Vela, I mean that literally. Do I believe that she should have been put to death for this? Honestly, I don't know. I want to be able to feel again, but right now I, I can't. Our space program is at a standstill. With so much arguing in the council, I don't think much of anything is getting done. I get reports from Father and his assistant every now and then. It sounds like Father is trying to make headway, but it's very slow sailing. I wish they could all just stop arguing. I'm really proud of you for standing up for yourself against those who would impose their views on you. I hope that your new position with the JCN allows you the freedom to be who you want to be. You and I are not defined by our planets or our people. And our planets and people are not defined by us. I think I had forgotten this after being in the spotlight for so long because of a silly little youth project that grew 
to mean so much more to me. After a lot of thought, it was time for me to also catch the next wave. I left Laar. For a while I wasn't sure where I would go. I worked on a skiff for passage. I sailed the ocean. I landed in Sanath and worked odd jobs until I found myself in CNR. CNR is the capital of the La Masur sect and just off the northern coast of Sanath. It's also where I was brought forth, my original home. I got a position at the radio lab here based on my experience from Laar. It took a while because they were trying to avoid all the publicity that unfortunately is tied to my name. When they realized that my talents with the equipment could help with the age and state of the radio telescope there, the tide justified the undertow. The radio telescope here is not as strong, or as new, or as good as the one in Laar, but I'm hopeful that I can help them to update their systems. Forever adrift. Gisto. Log entry, Vela 10, Addendum. Vela Rotat, 2585, cycle 19 of the third annual. My dear long lost friend, Iria, a few citruses later and I feel lost in the sea. I was too, too harsh. I miss my friends. I, I miss you. I miss our conversations. I wrote to you on my travels. I probably won't send them because so much has changed. Wow, the Sidrus in CNR is stronger than in Laar. You know, I'm so foolish. All this time I imagined you here and I never even asked what you look like. How could I have been so... What is the word? What are words? Whoa, where are my pants? I think I need to sleep now. May the citrus guide you. Just though. Log entry, Hymavina 11, 2265. 65th year in the Age of Ascendance. Hey, hey, Gisto. I'm so glad to hear from you and to know that you're doing well. Your first message broke my heart and I wasn't sure how to respond. And then I got your second message and I laughed out loud. I think you're allowed as many of those Sidras as you want, my friend. So you're at home in Sonoth. You did make it back. That's great. How's the radio lab rebuilding going? What do I look like? <laughs> I guess I never did tell you. Well, we are bipedal like the Vila. Our hands are not webbed and we have five digits. However, two of them are opposable. I keep my nails fairly short because I use a keypad for work. Hmm. Our skin tone is basically the color of snow, though many mana have natural variations in warmer and darker hues. Hmm. We have hair on our heads that is also generally the color of snow. And some urban Yothians like to dye their hair in various colors depending on what is in fashion. I don't. Personally, I wear my hair in fleta, which are tight, rope-like braids. It's something I've done since working in my parents' greenhouse because it's easy to pull back and keep out of my face. 
The stylists at JCN want me to take them out because they view my hair as too traditional for camera, whatever that's supposed to mean. Honestly, removing fletta is a pain because you basically have to cut off all your hair, which I have no intention of doing. So I told him to go jump in the ocean. One of my fellow correspondents has a series of earrings that go up to the tip of his ears, and they told him to take them out too because they are also considered too traditional. He had the same response. So there we are on the nightly news panel with my fletta and his earrings. We're rebels. Well, in other news, the Sam Coma have agreed to allow EC to reestablish formal contact with Vila. I know that many have argued for this change, and several of my sources tell me that a number of senior scientists and engineers threatened to quit if contact was not reestablished. Most of EC employees are practical, pragmatic people who believe that while we should be careful, we can't wall ourselves off from Vila or the rest of the universe. Also, since you got my message, I can assume that my friends at EC are still looking out for us. However, one can never be too careful. I still have to use EC's antenna array, but I have attached my transmitter code to this data packet. When you respond, key in the code at the beginning of your transmission and it'll automatically message the processing within EC's system that should shunt your message directly to me. A couple of my programmer friends at EC set this up as a backdoor so we can have some privacy, but if EC turns off their transmitters, I'll be locked out again. Speaking of the Samcoma, Cooperation within the chamber continues, and honestly, Justo, it's a little spooky. As a reporter, right now we're saying a lot of both parties agree. As we summarize debates or laws being enacted, a lot is getting done, but I'm not sure it's good in the long term that nobody is challenging some of the policies being discussed. Remember that new global defense department I told you about? Well, Easy is calling it the Planetary Defense Unit, and it's being trained like a small military unit. This is what happens when environmentalists convince expansionists that the best offense is a good defense. I used to think this was a good idea. Now I kind of agree with those who are feeling uneasy about it. We really don't have a tradition of armed groups on Haimavina, at least not that I'm aware of. Anyway, enough about politics. I have a story that I think might lift your spirits. Remember how I told you that Luna was gonna come live with me in Hopnina? Well, she is here in front of the fireplace getting brushed by my boyfriend, Christian. Farhoons are friendly animals, but they usually bond with one mana. Apparently, Luna has traded me in for belly rubs and treats. You see, Farhoons are rare, but even more rare in cities, where you find smaller plothoons and jistoons. Luna is a pretty big girl, even for a Farhoon, but she's very adaptable considering her size. When we go for walks, Yothians are usually taken aback because They've never really met a Farhoom in person. On the other hand, kids adore her, and they will run up to her, hug her, and they even try to ride her. She loves it. She lays down, she lets them rub her belly, she gives them wet kisses. There are so many children's stories about Farhoons. I think the little ones just see her and they think of her as something magical. <laughs> My favorite story is about a group of kids who got lost while exploring the woods. A Farhoom pack found them and huddled with them to keep them warm. The kids shared their food, and the pack led them back to town. But when the kids got to town, the Farhoons disappeared. The children left food out for the pack, hoping they would come back, but they never did. Then many years later, on a night of a really bad blizzard, the Farhoon pack pawed at the door of the now-grown Mana home. Recognizing the animals who saved his life as a child, the young Mana let them inside, fed them, and gave them a warm place to sleep. 
There are many versions of the story, but my favorite part is that nobody can agree if we domesticated the Farhoons or they domesticated us. Regardless, now we can't get them to lead us anywhere, and they take up all the room in our beds. Christian read someplace that Farhoons love fermented shark meat, so we brought some over for her as a treat. Not only does she love it, she sits by the drawer where I store it, hoping that I will give her another piece. She's an addict. What Christian neglected to tell me was how bad the meat smells. And if you think it smells going in, oh, the lights above, does it smell coming out? Luna has gases out of my flat on several occasions, and neither of them seem to be the least bit embarrassed about the whole thing. I would love to send you one of her puppies to cheer you up. They are great snugglers, good listeners, and they love to play in the water. Luna usually splashes through every pond, puddle, and fountain she finds. I used to think nothing smelled worse than a wet farhoon, but now I know better. The only problem is farhoons eat mostly fish, and she may mistake you for a snack. Maybe I won't send you one. Your friend always, Yuria. Decryption Key Phase I believed that this was important to your father. Input Thoka Decryption complete Log entry Vela 11 Vela Rotat 2587 Cycle 12 of the second annual. My friend Iria, if you were reading this, then the encryption key worked. I have been spending a lot of time working on new encryption protocols at the lab here, and I felt like we should have some more privacy in our messages. Working up these encryption routines has certainly helped my focus and gave me something to keep my mind busy. Not to mention that it will increase the security of all signals going through the Velen network. With all that's going on, I never know who may be watching, so better to float than sink. I'm attaching the encryption information to this message so that you can use it to send your messages. I had to go back into my logs of messages to find the second signal you referred to, and now I'm so embarrassed. I believe that I mentioned that Sidrus can make you do things that you didn't expect. I'm sorry that you had to experience me in that state. The last few rotats were a bad time for me, and I've done things that I never expected or even thought myself capable of. Some of them worked out well, others, well, I blame the Sidrus for that. Yes, I'm in CNR now. It's very strange being here knowing that this is where I was from, but having no memory of this place. I know that many of my school are from here, and some still live nearby, but even after living here for a while, I still have had no communication with them. I think that my closeness with the incident at Laar has caused them to keep their distance. The CNR lab is hard work. As I mentioned, it's not as well equipped as Laar, but the Velens here seem much more genuine, and it feels like the work matters more here. I feel more at home, and I have started to make friends with my co-workers again. It truly was a hard road to travel moving from Laar. Many of my friends saw the state that I was in and encouraged me to seek help. At first, I didn't want to listen to anyone, and it felt like it was only going to get worse. But seeing their concern, I relented, and I finally sought counseling at one of the clinics. With their help, the support of my friends here, and the thought of letting father and you down, I'm working to get better. It's time to not be angry or sad anymore. There are bigger things happening in the universe, 
and my work here is actually helping the people in CNR and all of Vela. Even though I barely remember sending it, I can't believe I never asked you about what you look like. I knew generally from working with Father about your people, so I had an idea, but knowing about you specifically is different. I feel very silly for not asking sooner. We don't have any strange hair colors here on Vela, probably due to the lack of hair, and most of us tend to avoid any sort of piercings due to the drag it creates while swimming but there are always a few who like to push the limits. I am not one of them. I like to blend in as it makes observing life around me a little easier. I'm glad to hear that your EC has allowed communications to flow again between Haimavina and Vela. Father and his assistant have been filling me in on the talks in the council. Usually it's his assistant that sends the messages to me as Father is always busy. I hear from him now and then and I know he has been worried about me. They said that they are even attempting to start the youth program again. The transmissions for it would be heavily monitored, so it would be much more public here than it was before. This makes my encryption protocols even more important. I'm very happy to hear that you have found someone in your life that makes you and Luna happy. He sounds like a nice mana, and it would appear that he treats both of you very well. Your story about the Farhuns reminds me of an old fable about the Siki here. Many rotets ago, there was a great conflict, and Sianoth had sent a large fleet of skiffs to Sanoth. Unfortunately, they did not account for the shifting weather patterns in the northern regions of Vela. This proved disastrous for the fleet, and many of the skiffs were destroyed by the rain and, if you can believe it, snow. Well, the wreckage was very close to the northern shore of Sanoth, and the survivors were rumored to say that the only way they made it to shore was because a huge school of Saki were guiding them to the land. Some even said that they rode the Saki. This school went back and forth, shuttling the survivors to the land and helping them to survive. Those that made it settled in the area, and that's how CNR was founded. I knew that the Saki were smart, but I love the fact that they were heroes as well. Since my work here has me busy, I haven't been as attentive to the news that has been going on, but I have heard that things are not going well in La'ar. Word has it that Chonar has actually cut all ties with La'ar over the continued work on the space program. I guess that some smaller satellites with surveillance technology have been launched recently. Nothing fancy, just enough resolution to see the layout of Vela and help with understanding climate and geology. Chonar is concerned about spying and have even gone and implemented sanctions on all of Sanoth. This could be problematic since much of the food and materials comes from Sanoth. The diplomatic teams here in CNR are trying to mediate, but as always, it's slow. There are even rumors of some signal towers around Chonar being shut down. All of our communications from CNR to Chonar are being done by messengers and negotiation teams. I do hope that something can get worked out soon. I fear that prolonged sanctions could cause serious problems for my friends back home. Please give Luna bubbles for me and tell Christian that if he hurts you, I will only think bad thoughts about him until the stars burn out. May the waves guide us, Gisto. Log entry, Haimavina 12, 2267. 67th year in the Age of Ascendance. Hey, hey, Gisto. Nice work on the encryption. 
think it worked. I'm really happy to hear that you sought help when you needed it. I am encouraged to hear that your society is open to support through communication. We also have that here. However, it took many years for that practice to become accepted in society. There are still some who make jokes about it, but I know it saved many people's lives, sanity, and relationships. I think those people are ignorant Fisca. I just came back from a lovely naming ceremony for a child of my friends John and Ziggy. Naming ceremonies are special events because monocouples usually only have one child. Once the child is born, it's a custom to wait a fortnight before giving it a name. It's a silly old tradition that dates back to the terrible times right after the Siddhasanda, when infant death rates were very high. The tradition says that if a baby survives, which they always do thanks to miracles of modern medicine, there's a huge celebration to welcome the new mana into society. The main event is a touching ceremony where the newly named child, in this case, Eon, is presented to their parents to the gathering of family and friends. The names are often chosen to remember family members who have passed away or important events. Another part of the ceremony, again, an old practice linked to superstition, is that no one except the parents are actually allowed to touch the child in order to prevent the spread of disease. Family and friends write well wishes on colorful ribbons and tie them to the child's crib. Usually by the end, the child is completely asleep or crying because they're so tired. Honestly, it's really just an excuse to have a big party. This party was particularly fun because this time of year, Aluda sets very late and the party went well on into the night. As far as the story with Christian goes, we were only together for about half a year. We parted on good terms, but truth be told, I think he was a fame seeker. He always wanted to go out to fancy openings and restaurants because he wanted to be seen dating someone famous. He seemed to like the idea of dating Iria Newspark more than actually dating me. My grandmother warned me of these types. He wasn't a bad guy, and Luna liked him, and Hoons, in general, are pretty good judges of character. Luna pretends to miss him, but I'm pretty sure she mostly misses the treats he would bring over. I miss other things. <laughs> Altamari Fiska Sonju. Besides, I'm pretty young to be in a serious relationship. Manas generally live for over a century. Longer if I stopped going up to base camp for field segments. So no need to think badly of him. So what's going on between the sex? Is something happening on one of the other continents? And is your father okay? Please send him my greetings. So, tell me about Senar. What is it like? I imagine that you live in a seaside city with walkways on the beaches. <laughs> That's weird. I think of your cities much like ours. Isn't that funny? It's hard to picture something alien because we automatically visualize our own understanding. What I feel is normal may be something radically different from you, but it means the same thing. <laughs> your friend always, Iria. Log entry, Vela 12, Vela Rotat 2589, cycle 10 of the fourth annual. Iria, I am glad that the encryption is working well. We have started to use it here in some areas and it has proven very helpful for keeping things private. These are interesting times we live in now. In the past, we have always been a very open society and have shared information freely but now many Velens are much more guarded with the things that they are working on. The counseling has been going very well. It has helped me to see things more clearly and put a lot of what happened into perspective. In the past, we have all been very mindful of our mental health 
and always willing to help where needed. It was only since this major shift that I and many others have shied away from openness and been more withdrawn with our problems and concerns. My counselor has helped me to see that the events that are happening around me are not necessarily of my causing and that I need to see the bigger picture. It has also been helpful to work on affecting the things that I can change and worry less about the things that I can't. Your naming ceremony sounds fascinating. I love that you're able to be with the friends you have and have a good time. I think we all need that. I also love that your families can come together to celebrate such a great event. I hope that one day we can do the same here. I know that the schools in Laar and even some in CNR are learning to come together and I think that there are many positive outcomes. Sadly, naming here is much less formal. I think that my father said that I was named for the sound that the breeze and the water makes when crashing against the rocks. When I looked it up, it works out to mean flowing wind, but in the older text, it literally translates to passing wind. Please don't tell anyone that. The fact that you have so many traditions based on the time of the Siddhasthanda makes me wonder that if so many people could barely survive, this may be why your people were so hurt over the death of one of ours. If I didn't mention it before, I'm very sorry that you and your people had to experience that. My counselor says that it wasn't my fault, but I still feel partially to blame. Sorry to hear about you and Christian. He did sound nice, and I can't fault Luna for taking a liking to him. If you were to show me the right treats, I would follow you home too. Maybe not fermented shark meat, though. I would hate to live up to my naming. The idea that someone would spend time with you just to be seen in the spotlight is bothersome, though. I spend most of my time trying to avoid the spotlight. CNR is a very quaint and lovely city. It's very different from Laar. Many of the buildings here date back to nearly 1,000 rotats. Where Laar tends to gloss over a lot of our history and uses mostly metal and processed cement for their buildings to make everything clean and angled, CNR seems to have embraced old Velen culture and relies on traditional building techniques of clay and brick. It has been nicknamed the Red City because of the colors of all of the old structures. This place is so rich in history as opposed to back home. This is probably why I wasn't so great in history. I wasn't living in it like I am here. I have actually learned so much more about our culture since living here. Looking into the past events of my people, has both raised concerns and given me hope for the future. I haven't heard much coming from Father's office lately. It has been many cycles since they've sent anything, and it's a little worrisome, but I also know that he tends to get wrapped up in projects, and I'm sure he will write soon. Aside from that, things have been very quiet, and honestly, I'm okay with that. When I hear from him, I will pass on your well wishes. All of this research into our history and the events that led us to where we are have inspired me to look into a different position. I've been thinking of working with the diplomatic corps. They tend to travel more and mediate on the behalf of the council and the Laar Messur sect. I know that they need more technical people to help with setting up networks and communications between the teams and the cities. Who knows, maybe I could help negotiate treaties between our people. I will let you know if anything comes of it. So what about your manned missions? You said that the EC were working on sending someone to Braddeth Station. Did that happen? It's sad to think of any test pilots that may have lost their lives or been injured in the process of making something so eventful happen. 
I know that your people will mourn them in a hero's fashion. I grieve for any lives lost, especially for those who are working towards making lives better for all. Sometimes the best that we can do is to take a look at all the good that someone has brought you and embrace it and remember the bad and learn from it. Next Rotat will mark 10 since the tragedy of Trenoar. We won't forget what happened, but we will learn from it and come together to move forward. May the waves guide us. Gisto. You've been listening to an episode of Binary Saga. The part of Gisto has been read by Steve Petricelli. Irio is read by Vanessa Shannon Anderson. Music by Eric Mateus and soundimage.org. For more information, visit binarysaga.com.